So welcome in to episode 13 of the Back Roads Podcast here on Texas 1A Fan. We got football playoffs coming at you, volleyball playoffs, band, state marching was going on, you name it, we got it. Let's get this thing rocking and rolling. I'm Craig Spree with the Happy Sports Network and PressPassports.com. And I'm Bobby Brown with Texas 1A Fan. Well, Craig, it was a wild and crazy week. It was, and uh, playoff football is here, which people obviously love. But we got girls who stamped a ticket to the state volleyball tournament. We got the results from state marching band. You name it. It's just it's that uh, time of the year where everything comes together. And oh, by the way, folks, basketball is officially going. Yes, teams are playing right and left. I don't even know that I want to think about it with the football playoffs still going on. But it is here, Bobby. And, you know, let's get this thing started. Uh, we love to start things out with a coaching interview, and uh, we brought in a coach who has still got his team going in the playoffs. Happy to have the head coach down at Knox City. That is Coach Caleb Calloway. Coach, welcome in this afternoon. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So the whole state has been a buzz about the Knox City Greyhounds since week one. How much pressure do you feel like that's put on you to uh, continue that trend after upsetting Westbrook? Um, You know, I don't, I wouldn't say that it's pressure. I just, I mean, we, we, we live week to week. I mean, every, every day's a unique day and, and we want to make sure we take advantage of the day that we're given uh, that week and, 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 and the game that week. Uh, we, we pretty much put that any game that we've already played behind us. And, and, you know, I mean, week one, week one's week one, uh, we know week, week, whatever we're in th- 12 right now or 13 is, is week 13. And so, you know, our objective has just been trying to get better every week and, and every day and take advantage of the day we're given. Obviously, your team has got a ton of players coming back from last year's squad. What have you seen as far as an improvement from last year's squad to what to the product that you've got on the field this year? I think I think it's it's just primarily experience is one thing. You know, the older kids get the the, the better they are, uh, the more confident they get, um, and just you know, with, this all started last uh, last November. You know, and 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 we were we we had discussions and. And, you know, when I went out and won the district in basketball and went a few rounds in basketball, and then we won the district and area track meets in the spring. And so everything was was geared towards getting to this, this season. And uh, at the time, whenever we found out Westbrook was week one, you know, that was, you know, we knew that'd be a big game. Um, and, and so it was just a lot of, a lot of uh, factors just getting into our kids. And, and, and I let them understand that we needed to, uh, to continue to grow and get better through the off season. And, and, uh, and they came in with the right mindset on July 31st, and we really pushed it hard um, through that time and just tried to get better at the things we do. Um, and, and, and our defense has been playing really well this year as well. So, I mean, that's, that's part of it. You know, it's, it's, you don't put as much pressure on the uh, other side of the ball when your defense is playing well. And our kids, you know, like I said, the more – the older the kids get, I think that you'll see defenses improve uh, as they get to be juniors and seniors. You know, freshmen, sophomores starting is not usually as good defensively as our juniors and seniors. So – it's just that experience and, and the growth of those guys has been been big. I, I got to ask you, because obviously your son is the quarterback for Knox City, having another very successful season, as well as Knox City's playing this year. Has it just been an absolute blast to be able to get to enjoy that with him like, like that? And that's kind of, yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, that's our, my, my whole objective for our kids this year was to really focus on how, enjoying the moment and having fun. And and with my kid on the team, as, as well as everybody else, you know, it's, it's just you know, I have a lot of coaching buddies that told me, you know, hey, it's, it's you know, you got one year with him, don't ruin it. Because, you know, it's easy for us dads to get crazy on the sidelines and and things like that. But, you know, it's 
it's all, our, one of our focuses is every week. Hey, don't 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 miss the moment. Enjoy the time that we're having and the things we're doing, and, and just enjoy it because you don't get these things back. And with as many seniors as we do have on the team this year, you know this is their last season, and you know you don't want them to have a sour taste from anything. You want them to enjoy it and have fun. And I think sometimes us coaches, whenever things get tough, we get caught up in uh, in in the details and not having fun anymore. And and I think that's some things with. And I think this this season honestly has probably been a harder season to coast than years where I've lost three or four games just because it's, you know, you're so driven to try to be better the next week that you sometimes, uh, you know, you lose focus. And so, and our kids sometimes lose focus, but it's all about, and for us, it's all about just enjoying the moment, having fun and, and getting better. And it's just a blessing to have those kids and blessing to have my son on that team as well. That's awesome. I know when we talked to you last year, you talked about building, uh, I think it was the foundation brick by brick. Have you carried that over into this season? Yeah, we actually this year we actually our, our booster club did some great stuff for us on our stadium this year. They put up we got new fence uh, fence things, the little design things that go on the fence, and it has the KCHS and our Greyhound symbol, and and then says "Be a brick" on the fence, and 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 so we uh, we've continued to to build on that, and and we we use I mean we do a lot of things this year that I brought from I coached in the FCA All Star game this last summer in Abilene, the eleven man game, and. You know, I learned a lot of stuff from those big school guys as well as the the leadership people on the FCA group that, you know, changed me as a man, as a coach as well, to to be more driven, not just as an athletic coach, but as a as a as a Christian and a and somebody that can lead devotional type situations in your locker room and weight room. And, and we've been focused a lot on life and and lessons from the things that we do to to just be better men across the board. And so, I mean, that those are things that we've we've tried to instill this year. But the brick mentality is, is definitely part of that. Um you're learning to uh, to build those relationships with each other as well as our coaching staff, and it's just it's a, there's a chant. Even our uh, our crowd now has a chance to be a brick, build that wall when we're on defense. Just different things that, and it's just kind of become a mantra. All of our shirts and everything, and it's just something that I think is uh, is helping our kids to remember those things. And we we talk about it weekly. Uh, we I have a brick wall in a weight room. We look we point at it and talk about the the joints between the bricks and how. You know, one weak brick can make make the wall unstable and how we have to be solid and, and firm and what we believe in and, and our thoughts and processes that we interact with each other and all those things. So we still carry that forward. Yes, sir. When, when you talk about your community, I know they are just absolutely through the sky talking about this year's Knox City Greyhound uh, team. Talk about just that vibe there in Knox City and, and how excited they are. Well, it is uh, it, the, the the they're very excited. We uh, we um, the community has been great. Um, they've been kind of started last year. I mean, it's always been good, but but we started our, our group, our, our following started building, you know, in the in the crowd. That, that's due to just great parents starting that stuff, and and then we got people that parents are friends, and their friends are stock show friends, and all these different things, and everybody kind of buys in and, and gives in. And our, our we we've been packing the bleachers out at home, and we travel so well, and they're so loud. I mean, every game we play is like a playoff game uh, all year long, just so. You know, our kids get into that and into the playoffs and the, and the sound is really I mean, it's still louder, but it's it's we've been dealing with it all year. You know, we're yelling at the kids. They can't hear us half the time. But but, um, you know, the community is so awesome. Um, you know, we just got great parents and great, great uh, staff members here in Knox City that that come out and support the kids. And and we just I mean, we can't thank them enough for what they do. You know, with the you know, like this, uh, they give every morning we have on Fridays, we do greeters for the for the elementary kids and, and parents pull up with their windows down pumping ACDC and honking horns and you know it's uh you know they're just all fired up and 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 for the kids and you know and 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 that's what makes it the most fun and they've just been it's all about just being better every week and being blessed to play another week and 
And you know, it's, they're just so great. I can't I can't say enough about our, our fans and our community and, and every all the support we get because without them, you know, it's 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 not it's not as much fun. And I mean, they they bring they bring it, and you know, they the the cheerleaders and the crowd have cheers that they do back and forth at each other now. You know, when I first got here, that was wasn't as big a thing, but now it's become like. The, the crowd will start the cheer and the cheerleaders will chime in. You know, it's not the cheerleaders leading the crowd sometimes. Sometimes the crowd's leading the cheerleaders. And so it's, it's, really, it's really fun, and, and it's been great. Coach, you mentioned confidence and how the older kids get confidence and they play a little bit better. What role does confidence play uh, with kids overall? I think it's, I think it's a, a major role. I think, you know, the, you know if there's so many times you can – when kids don't have confidence, they don't, they don't feel like what they're doing is right ever. And, you know, when we want them to, to be confident in what they do, every decision they make, whether it's right or wrong, we still want them to be confident in the choice they made um, just because it, it, they, they're not going to second guess themselves. You know, it's the same way with play calling, same way in the huddle. You know, us coaches, we don't we don't second guess what we do. We, we send it in and, and we give it comp- we, we make it sound like it's the best thing ever. I mean, like I said, if coaches coach with the, they can put the worst play on paper in the history of time. But if you if you sell it the way you need to sell it those kids are going to go after it and run it. And then it's probably going to work because they believe it's going to work. And so the confidence in, in, in not only the, the plays, the, the practices, the weight room and the games, uh, those, those things, having that, just that, that sureness of what you're doing is, is something that I don't think there's a, there's a value you can put on. It's, 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 it's priceless because it gives, it gives you so much more uh, versatility uh, with your, with your players. Now you have a, a pretty senior heavy team. Um, how do you build confidence in those younger players when they don't see the field a lot? Well, we, uh, you know, it's funny. We're, our breakdown is really interesting this year. We got six seniors, uh, ten juniors, and three freshmen. And so we we have we have a, a big junior class right behind these seniors, and a few of those guys are getting pretty quality reps every week. And and we got some guys rotating in some spots right now that we've been using uh, throughout the year, getting them a little bit more experience. So. You know, we, their biggest thing is, is practice and, and, and in JV games. I mean, we played, uh, I think, six or seven JV games and, and were able to get them on the field and, and get, out, get after it. And, and they, had, they had one loss. I think May JV came over and, and beat us in a game. It was a pretty good ball game. But, you know, they got their reps and they practice against a pretty good ball club every day. Um, and so whenever they get their opportunity in a, in a year or whatever that is, you know, they, they know they've gone against somebody pretty good every day. And uh, they're they're gonna have, they're gonna be confident in what they're doing just because of those reps they've gotten this year. Um, and it, it's it's tough for kids on the sideline. And I mean, but the, but they're our juice group. And I told them last playoff game, you guys better better be bringing the juice all game long. And they were hollering and screaming and getting after it and doing what they need to do for the program. And our kids are so close. I mean, all of them across the board. You know, they don't they don't mistreat each other in practice or anything like that. They just build each other up. That's something we talked about uh, last week. Was a week before it was builders versus blockers, you know, and, you know, people that build each other up or, or, or help each other build confidence and everything they do. And there's those guys that are blockers in your life that are going to, you know, try to make everything about themselves and try to make it a personal thing. And, and we want our guys to be builders all the time, not, not blocking other guys success or blocking team success. And so those are things that we we've tried to instill in all of them just to make sure they, they, they build each other up to be confident in one another. I just love that. That's cool. Now we uh, kind of uh, turn our focus, Coach, to the playoffs, and it feels like Knox City and Happy play every year in the playoffs the last few years. This will be the third meeting since uh, 2020 that the two teams have faced off. 
What is your message to your team? Obviously, they lost last year to Happy, but uh, going in, obviously, I think as as favorites in this one, what are you trying to? What's the message you're trying to get across to them as you head into this big game? I mean, we it's it's all about for us. We really, like I said, it's been about seize the day and take advantage of the day, win the week. We got values we live by that we hang on our wall, and and you know, it's it's not about who we play. We have a we have a, a mantra that it's in, it's one of our values. Actually, it's a, it's called execute. And so it's not who we play; it's how we play, and and that's going to determine the outcome. And so we're not. We're not always focused on who we're playing. We're focused on us executing what we need to execute. Um, and, you know, happy, yeah, three out of the past four years we've played them, and they've got us uh, the past two. Um, and and so this this year for us is just a, it's just a game. It's a, it's a step for us. We're not we're not looking at it anything else uh, than than a step for us to go out and, and put on a, put on a good game and play our best and and execute our game plan. You know, it's not it, if you if you get caught up in looking at you play with who you're playing. You know, week one would have been a different ball game for us. You know, I mean we. Everybody pretty much had that picked, and I mean Westbrook's a great ball club, and 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 but nobody thought that we could win that ball game. And you know, you talked about we talk about confidence and how much you know that that game really gave us a lot more confidence because we went out and we competed and played well, and our kids really seized the moment. Um, and that's kind of the thing this this week is about seizing seizing the moment. You got the opportunity to go play a team that that's kind of had your number, and Coach Perryman does a great job over there, and. I know y'all got some good kids, and and Craig, you 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 broadcast them every week. You probably know more about them than I do right now. I haven't even. I'm about, to, I'm about to watch film when I'm done with this with this thing. But um, but you know we we're just really focused on on us getting better. Um, I gave the, what I told them last week is there's no tomorrow without today, so don't let today slip you by. And so we're gonna focus on tomorrow, Monday, coming out and doing the things we need to do. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday. That's the day. And 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 but we got to take care of those first four days and the prep we got to put into that to to be successful and. It's about our game plan and and what we're going to do, not so much the team we're playing. Well, Coach, we do appreciate you joining us. I know it's a a busy week for you, an important week is uh, moving to the area round of the playoffs. But best of luck to the Greyhounds. Great to always visit with you, and we appreciate your support here at Texas 1A Fan. Thank you guys so much for having me. We appreciate it, um, and just uh, we're just we're just really excited to be on this on the uh, as much as we can get our team out there with you guys and everybody else. We we love it. Well, Bobby, great to catch up with Coach Callaway there in Knox City. He's got the Greyhounds playing really, really well. And, of course, they were a uh, they were something to deal with last year. Now here they are sitting number two in the state, been sitting number one for a long time. Uh, once they beat Westbrook to start the season, that really kind of opened the eyes of a lot of folks. And, you know, they started out this by-district round out in style. They took out Crest 51-6. to Greyhounds, they look really, really good there in Region 1. They do. I have to say this because after we we stopped recording, uh, Coach Callaway gave me a hard time over something I said last week on the podcast. So he could do that all he wants. Uh, (laughs) But what I thought was awesome is that, you know, he's listening to us talking heads talk about football, basketball, all the things 1A. So, you know, that's I think that's pretty cool. What do you think, Craig? No, I, I do think that is outstanding, and we do appreciate Coach Callaway listening to us. And, uh, I mean, they play happy this week, which we'll talk about in a little bit. I guess I could, you know, throw some things out there, but uh, personally, I that that's not me, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that that's good. You're, you're showing some restraint. <laughs> so let's get this thing going. Let's take a look at what happened in the by-district round, and 
So much football going on. We're going to actually give you every score that went on because there's just not a lot of teams left out there. So uh, we'll get this thing started in Division One. Westbrook and Rankin, that was a big game that everybody was looking at. Number one versus number seven. And they played in a torrential downpour at times there uh, in Garden City. And it was Westbrook coming out on top in this one, a 72 to 22. Grayson Jeffrey, and I watched this whole game and I didn't even realize it. 22 carries, 208 yards and two touchdowns. Keegan Gilbreth, 105 yards on the ground and four touchdowns. And Rankin, uh, Barrett Jackson, 104 yards rushing and three touchdowns. This game was 34 to 16 there at halftime, as uh, Coach talked about. But uh, you just never know what's going to happen in Westbrook. They, they've got this train rolling. But maybe what was even more important is what happened after this game, Bobby. And we talk about the Texas 1A fan community. And unfortunately, Coach Matlock, who we love to talk about on this program for, for a variety of reasons, a really good guy. Uh, his daughter was part of a uh, car accident or, or, or multi-vehicle accident that occurred after the game. And uh, I know that I read uh, just an update just a couple of hours ago, and it looks like she's doing a lot better, starting to really progress. So our thoughts and prayers with Coach Matlock and that entire Westbrook community. It's a really tough thing, and I just can't imagine how e how hard it can be to focus, Bobby, on an area-round matchup coming up, knowing that your daughter's sitting there in the hospital. Yeah, that's got to be one of the toughest things in the whole wide world. Uh, you know, you have to think about your family. You know, family is number one. We all know that, or it should be. <laughs> And then, you know, the team comes second. That's that's just the way it is. You you raise a family. And one thing that I want to also say is that I read on the Westbrook Wildcat uh, Facebook page that five of the eight who were sent to the hospital after that wreck are now home at Westbrook. So we are so glad. Uh, we're praying for all of you. Continue to pray for all of you and um, hope that everyone makes a full recovery. Yeah, mo most definitely. Our, our thoughts and prayers and and healing uh, there for Zoe uh, Matlock uh, with, with the uh, Matlock family and with that entire Westbrook community. So Westbrook does get the win, 72 to 22. Uh, so they'll move on to the area around. We talked about Knox City, number two, taking out Crest. It was number three, Abbott over Avalon, 56 to eight. This game not near as close as uh, when they played earlier in the season. Riley Sestal, 140 yards rushing, four touchdowns. Mason Hale, two of four through the air for 30 yards. Both those completions, both of them go to the house for touchdowns. Uh, number four, Gordon, all over St. Joe, 64 to 14. This game was a little closer than I think we uh, anticipated to begin with, but uh, Gordon pulls away and uh, they take the victory there over the Panthers. It was number five, Whiteface, all over Van Horn, 58 to 8. Ethan Kaufman, 13 carries, 255 yards, five touchdowns. Jeremiah Rendon, two of two through the air, 47 yards. Uh, he was effective as well. Both of those went for touchdowns. And then Julio Brunda, four uh, carries for 82 yards. I just wanted to say the name. I am uh, very uh, impressed. I, I love I love that last name. It's just great. You got to be a football player with that last name. Four carries, 82 yards, and a touchdown. One note we do have on this one, though, Ethan Kaufman now officially over 2,000 rushing yards on the season and a 47 touchdowns there for the Antelopes as uh, they continue to march right along. Isn't he just a sophomore? If, don't get me to line. I, that is a, something I do not know. I know he's a very competent running back. I've seen him play in person a couple of times, and he is the real deal. I know that. I can't remember. I think he's either a sophomore or a junior. So we're going to see him some more. 
That we will. Uh, number six, Borden County takes out Ira 48 to nothing. Very quietly. Nobody tell Coach Ritchie. His team's really good. Uh, they they are going to be a force to reckon with for teams uh, down the road. It was a number eight Jonesboro over Robert Lee, 54 to nothing. DeMarcus Acoff, six carries, 126 yards and four touchdowns. Garrett Young had a pick six in this one. And Layden Nichols, three carries, 26 yards, but two of those three go to the house. It was number nine, Miami. Found themselves in a battle with the Nazareth Swifts, four and six on the season. And Miami pulls away in the fourth quarter, 50 to 30. Hayden Thompson, 279 yards passing and five touchdowns. 167 yards rushing and a touchdown. KC, I think it's Benj. I didn't ask. I don't know for sure. He got the ball twice. He went 82 yards on those, and both of those went to the house. That's what you call effectiveness there. And uh, Thompson's favorite receiver, Brecken Early, five receptions, 93 yards, and two touchdowns. Nazareth got him one heck of a freshman running back, though, Bobby. Zane Schulte, 26 carries, 187 yards, two touchdowns. He had a passing touchdown. He had a receiving touchdown. Uh, he helped Coach Goodwin call plays in the fourth quarter, then drove the bus home. So that's uh, and that's as a freshman. So uh, he, he was impressive. I will tell you, Miami lit him up more than once, and he just bounced right off and took off down the sideline. So uh, that young man, I watched him play the first game of the year, and he got uh, man, he just got thrown around. They played whiteface. It was tough. This dude don't quit, and he has definitely improved as a freshman. One of the better ones we have out there. That's scary, Craig. Because it they've is. got a they got a freshman like that that's energized bunny that you can't knock down without him just popping right back up. Oh, the next three years are gonna be fun for the Swifts. Yeah, no, no doubt about that one. Uh it was happy in the uh, doubleheader before that one, uh beating Follett 36 to 30. Uh, Jackson Stoker, 110 yards, rushing two touchdowns. Joy Blackman, uh, six carries, 55 yards, and two touchdowns. And for Follett, uh, Wyatt Terrell and uh, David Meeks combined for 182 passing yards and three scores. This game was really odd because Happy was up 24 to six on the doorstep of going in. They score a touchdown, but a holding penalty calls it back. The Panthers hold them on downs. They get it back with 47 seconds left. They complete a 47 yard pass and score with 1.5 seconds left before halftime. So all of a sudden it goes from 32 to 6 to 24 to 12. The Panthers have life. Happy answers back. They get up in this one. Uh they're on top 34 to 20, 36 to 22. Right there at the doorstep to score again. They fumble at the goal line. Follett picks it up. Happy's able to hold them, get the ball back. They fumble again. Follett scores, but Happy then finally ran out the final four and a half minutes of this one on a final drive. Uh, they started at their own 16 and ended up kneeling the ball at about the 12-yard line. So Happy had to hold on to that one a couple of times to put Follett away, but the Panthers just would not quit in this one. And we see a lot of that in by-district play, Bobby, is teams just don't – they don't fold over like you might see in the regular season when you're playing a a, a lesser opponent. No, they do not. By the time you get to that space in the playoffs, you're you're going for the gold at that point, and there's no stopping him because if you stop, then you're done. Yeah, most definitely. Let's look at the rest of the scores out there not involving the top 10 teams. In Region 1, Spring Lake Earth takes out Valley 62-29. to Just like I talked about Borden County, Spring Lake Earth is going to be really tough out. The Coach Ball has got the Wolverines playing extremely well. Down in Region 2, it was Buena Vista over O'Donnell, 68-50 to in a very uh, high-scoring, entertaining ball game. In Region 3, Union Hill beats Bryson, 54-8. to E.J. Mowry, the freshman, 163 yards rushing and four touchdowns. 
He also had two passing touchdowns in Devin Espinosa, 11 carries, 136 yards, and two touchdowns. In Region 3 as well, it was Milford upsetting Penelope, 68-28. to And uh, you and I both kind of watched that game on NFHS, and it was kind of close at half, but Milford really took it to Penelope there in the uh, second half, and that was a big one. And I love the stats. We got them from Coach Cervantes. So Amir Newman, 16 carries, 205 yards uh, rushing, three rushing touchdowns. I believe that's the kid he said was uh, 145 pounds soaking wet. Two receptions for 31 yards and a touchdown. He also had five tackles, a fumble recovery, and a forced fumble. Corey Serrata, 7 of 10, passing through the air for 123 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. Also 15 carries for 153 yards and three rushing touchdowns. But here are the two best stats we got out there, Bobby. Money Rogers, he talked oh. about him last week. Four receptions, 71 yards, and two touchdowns. And he didn't tell us about this one. Swish Washington. Oh, my gosh. That's, team. that's fabulous. That <laughs> is, is fabulous. I hope he plays basketball. <laughs> Swish Washington, 15 total tackles, 10 of those solos, six of them assisted. Milford takes out Penelope 68 to 28. Milford just needs to keep winning for the good names. That's that's correct because I know you obviously love to say them, but they're really cool names. They uh, are. One, one thing I want to do is give a shout out to one of the Milford Bulldogs. Um, he was injured in that game and had to be taken by ambulance to the hospital. I believe he broke his leg. So mm-hmm. our our prayers and thoughts are with him, and and hopefully he will make a swift recovery. No doubt. And then finally, there in uh, Region 4, Chester upsets Medina 36-20 to as both teams traveled about 17 hours to play each other. (laughs) Actually, they went to Bryan, but we talked about that last week, the uh, traveling from west of San Antonio to the uh, Texas-Louisiana line. They met somewhere in the middle at Bryan, and uh, it was Chester winning that one 36-20. And then Leverage Chapel takes out Lakey 81-70. to Both of those games on a Saturday. Uh, kind of rare first-round matchups to see them on Saturday, but both of those there on Saturday. So there's a look at all the Division One by-district matchups. Let's go to Division Two, and we'll start in the top 10. It was Benjamin, number one in the state. No problem with Motley County. They win that one 52-6. to uh, There in Region 2 as well, it was number two. Jaden, the Jaybirds take out Kroll 61-16. Sean Staniland with a pick six in that one. And I know Aiden Salazar had a rushing touchdown as well. Klondike over Sierra Blanca, 62-12. to 12. Uh, They are ranked number three for a reason. Number four, Wood Harrell, no problem with Groom, 60-12. to 12. They were up 24-12 to 12 in this game before they ran off 36 consecutive points. Brent Robinson, seven carries, 105 yards, and a touchdown. And my guy, Nomar Gomez, three carries, 50 yards, three touchdowns, and nine tackles. We haven't got to say no more a whole lot, but uh, just love the way that little guy plays. And then for the Tigers, Grayson Pete, 13 of 19 through the air for 120 yards and a touchdown. In Region 3, it was number 5 Oglesby over Walnut Springs, 60 to 14. A lot of buzz about the Tigers, Bobby, starting to pick up. And that's a team that you kind of told us about earlier in the season. And I think folks are starting to wake up to just how good the Tigers might be. And I'm sure that Coach Jeb Dixon does not want to hear that. <laughs> He's saying, just shut up. Just shut up. Just be He's quiet. Like, Y'all need to not not talk about me on that podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. But the Tigers, they're, they're just getting better and better every week. And um, like I said, early season, man, there's some big and fast dudes on that team. There are. Uh, number six, Richland Springs. Boy, did they have trouble with the Sydney Eagles. They win this one 50 
to 37. That surprised a lot of folks that game being that close. Billy Perry, 86 yards rushing and four touchdowns, five of seven through the air, 110 and three touchdowns. Hutton Rogers, 61 yards receiving and two scores, and Kenny Triplett, nine tackles and a forced fumble. But that game a lot closer than people anticipated. And speaking of things people didn't anticipate, Silverton, with a almost a month-long rest, takes out Amherst. This is an upset. Now, Silverton's ranked up there uh, in that top 15, but Amherst ranked number seven. And it's Silverton winning this one at 52-34 in Region 1. Their next opponent is going to be Balmeray and the Bears. No problem with the Loop Longhorns, 52-6. to So the eighth-ranked Bears move on. It was number nine at Cherokee over Zephyr, 63-20. to Gunnerbaugh, 141 yards rushing, three touchdowns, 82 yards receiving and a touchdown. Uh, Joel Valdez, 13-21, uh, 298 passing and three touchdowns, 69 yards rushing and a touchdown as well. And Brad Johnson, 140 yards receiving and a touchdown. And for the Zephyr Bulldogs, Wyatt Stevens, 14 of 27 through the air, 241 and two touchdowns. Trip Ballard had 68, year, 68 yards receiving and two touchdowns, 81 yards rushing and a touchdown as well. And then finally in that top 10, Newcastle takes out Woodson, 55 to nothing. And we've talked about it a couple of weeks, but the Bobcats looking awfully potent there in Region 2. Other scores coming out of Division 2 as we finish things off. Iredell, no problem with Calvert. Iredell's a team that uh, people are starting to pay attention to as well. The Dragons win this one 64-14. Dwayne Lee picks up a win over Coach Hans there at Throckmorton. They win that one 67-36. It was Bront over Rising Star 36-20 in a mild upset. Bynum takes out Apple Springs 61-12. Lorraine, no problem with Paint Rock. Another team I think folks are starting to pay attention to as they start to get healthy. 46-0 in that one. And Oakwood over Copperell 51 to six. So Bobby, as you as you take a look at this in Division One and Division Two, really not a whole lot of upsets. We usually see a few more than that. Uh, I think uh, maybe Silverton upsetting Amherst, although that's two rank, highly ranked teams. But Amherst was ranked in the top ten, maybe the biggest, but uh, not a whole lot of surprises. A lot of chalk uh, outcomes out there when you look at it. No, I, I totally agree, and um, everybody's going to have their opinions, of course. So those people who think it was an upset. Okay. And those who think it wasn't an upset and it was totally expected. Well, that's great too. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to play both sides of the fence, I guess, but I mean, I can look at it from both sides, but there were some that were, uh, that I thought were upsets, but what we're doing is moving into the area round or regional semifinal round, depending on how you look at it. I think you can call it both. We've had this debate before. One thing that is really cool is Bront won their first ever six-man playoff game on Friday, winning over Rising Star 36-26. to So I got to give congratulations and a big shout out to the Bront Longhorns because that's got to be a great feeling. Oh, you know it is. That is a fantastic thing. And you talked about Bront, so let's just do it. Let's go over these area round pairings and you know, here's the fun thing about six-man football. The area round pairings in 11-man, you've got some good games out there. Some of their by-district matchups are just total jokes. Area round matchups, you start to get some better ones. But our area round matchups are just littered with absolute slobber knocker of games ready to take place. And that's what I love about six-man. Oh, so true. I mean, as we go down these guys, I mean, if you can get to a game, you better get to a game because you're going to see some great entertainment. You're going to see some great passion on the field. 
and kids working as hard as they can to put their team up on top. No doubt. So let's get started. We were talking about bronze. So we'll start there uh, in division two and we'll start in region four where they're at. They get Richland Springs. Uh, that game's going to be Friday night at 630 at Erie and County. Also in region four, Lorraine and Cherokee. That should be a fascinating matchup. That one's going to be Friday at 630 in Winners. One of my favorite places. Go by the crossing there. They got some great fried pies and some good chicken if you want that. <laughs> oh, see, bonus information. There you go. I'm telling you, it's the place to go. It's a convenience store like none other. <laughs> <laughs> in Region 3, it's Oakwood and Oglesby doing battle. That one's Thursday night at 7 o'clock in Coolidge. And the other side of the bracket is the Dragons from Iredale taking on Bynum. That one will be Friday night at 7 o'clock at Meridian. In Region 2, Jaden and Strawn go at it Friday night at 7 o'clock in Trent, home of the Gorillas. In Newcastle and Benjamin, that should be a fascinating ballgame. Friday night at 7 o'clock, they're playing at the home of the Pied Pipers there in Hamlet. I just had to get Pied Pipers worked in there. Hey, <laughs> you you should always work Pied Pipers then. One, one, of the, one of the great, great mascots we've got here in the state of Texas. And finally, in Region 1, you want to talk about some big-time battles. Silverton and Balmoray are going to battle Thursday night at 6.30 at Borden County, the great facility they've got there. And the other side of the bracket, check this one out. Number 3 versus number 4, Klondike versus Whitherill. And a big boy on big boy matchup Friday night at 7 o'clock in Hermley. And we talked about that area round matchup. There's just so many of those. There's just not any game that you wouldn't want to go check out. Oh, no, there's not. I mean, every single one of these eight games are going to be fantastic. So get out there. Uh, we're working on what we're going to cover this week right now because, you know, we have to get permissions from both teams and the host. Get out there and get to a game, folks. I mean, it's not going to be freezing. It's supposed to be really good weather. So, see, there's there's another advantage to going outside and getting some fresh air and seeing a game and, and you know, rooting for these kids. No doubt. So, let's go to Division One, and we'll begin in Region 1. Uh, one side of the bracket, Miami, the Warriors, now 11-0 on the season, ranked number 9, taking on Spring Lake Earth, ranked number 11. That one's Friday night at 7 o'clock at Matador. On the other side of the bracket, here we go again, Knox City and Happy Doing Battle, Number two versus number 10. That one will be Friday night at 7 o'clock at Petersburg. Fantastic region there. You look at the next region. I, you know, if I couldn't be at Knox City and Happy, the game I might want to be at across the state when I look through everything that's going on might be this white-faced Borden County matchup Friday night at 7 o'clock in Slayton. Yes, Holy I, cow, that's going to be good. That's going to be a great game. I can't wait to, to see that one. Um I won't be there, but I'll be watching the scoreboards and we hopefully we'll have someone there because whoo, that is going to be a battle, isn't it? It will definitely be. Other side of the bracket, Westbrook takes on Buena Vista. That one's going to be Friday night at 6.30 in Rankin. Move down to Region 3, Gordon and Milford battling it out Thursday night at 7.30 at Dublin. Everybody in the stands gets free Dr. Pepper, courtesy of... I don't know who, but get you a Dr. Pepper while you're there. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, Dublin is an awesome field. I have been to a playoff game there for six man the last three years, I believe. That is a fantastic facility, and um, it's it's just a great field. So that's going to be a good matchup, Gordon versus Milford. Milford, you know, we watched them, and they have some speed. So 
Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how Gordon matches up with that because Gordon has some speed as well. Exactly. That should be a good one. Then the other side of the bracket, Abbott and Union Hill. We've talked about Union Hill undefeated. A lot of folks don't realize that. Everybody knows about Abbott, led by Riley Sestala, Joey Pavelka, Mason Hale, and the whole crew there. That one's going to be Friday night at 7 o'clock at Oakwood. And then finally in Region 4, here we go again, Chester and Jonesboro. Traveling halfway across the world. That one's going to be Thursday night at 5 o'clock at Brian Allen Academy. And then May and Leverage Chapel doing battle. I can't tell you when. I can't tell you where. Because we don't know yet. That's right. And I just looked again. And neither one of the the Facebook pages for May or Leverage Chapel um, has posted anything. So as soon as that is posted, I'll get that updated and pushed out to our uh, Football Road to State webpage. Hopefully by tonight, by the time you're listening to this podcast, it'll be there. No doubt. So, boy, just so many good football games. And here's the really scary part, folks. Don't miss next week's podcast because a winner of a lot of these games is about to set up some massive big boy matchups across the state. I'm just so excited. Can't wait. Uh, This is the joys of playoff football, and it doesn't get any better than this in six man. Oh, I know. It's like, you know, if you're like us and you cover games and you're just like, which one do I go to? I mean, there's it's just like being in a candy store and trying to pick the right candy, you know, because you can't have all of it. Oh, but it's going to be great. Uh, One thing that I before we leave the subject of football, um, I wanted to give a little feel good story here. Uh, If you remember a couple of weeks ago, we talk about. Um, asking for prayers for uh, the kid from Strawn who had emergency surgery. His name's Keaton Tunnel. Well, Gordon and Strawn may have a very heated rivalry, but that doesn't stop them from caring about each other in challenging times. Gordon's student council raised almost $2,000 for Keaton to help with his medical expenses. So way to go, Gordon. And Keaton, we're continuing to pray for your full recovery. That is awesome. And uh, you just you love to see that. And that, that's what I like is you see this in the uh, small communities, really taking care of each other and uh, raising two thousand dollars between two teams that in towns that we know there's not a lot of love lost. But uh, to, to pull that off is that's simply amazing. It really is. So football's in the books. Let's go to volleyball where the girls state semifinals are all set. All four teams are represented now, and uh, we'll start in Region 1, where it was the Bront Lady Longhorns winning uh, a match over very best to advance to the state tournament. In Region 2, the Herald Lady Hornets saying, look at what we're doing. They take it there in Region 2. It was Blum, the Lady Cats in Region 3, and the Lady Tigers from Neches there in Region 4. So when you look at the matchups at the Colwell Center in Garland, uh, and that's going to be... Wednesday. Wednesday. That just seems odd to play on a Wednesday. Just a few days away. Uh, first, before we get to those matchups, um, we'll we'll do that here in just a minute. But okay, so yesterday I was at home, which is a rarity, as we it all is. know. And so I decided to plug in to NFHS, and I watched three different volleyball games yesterday, and one of them was Neches versus Round Top Carmine. Holy cow, Craig. That, getting after it. 
That was a match to end all matches. They went to <laughs> five sets, and I'm telling you, those girls were warriors. Every single one of them on the court. Round top, Carmine, Carmine was ahead in the fifth set. They were banging it out, and I thought, oh, they're going. All of a sudden, Netches woke up and said, no, ma'am, we're not doing that. And they kept clawing back and clawing back, and they ended up winning that fifth set, 16 to 14. I mean, it wow. was an incredible match. And I'm not much of a volleyball fan, but I was totally into that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's outstanding. As much as you and I complain about NFHS, and there's a lot to complain about, it is awesome to be able to see a lot of things that otherwise we wouldn't get to see. That's true. And here's the funny part. Since you brought up complaining about NFHS, you shouldn't have done that. Um, I did watch Bront and Very Best. That was a very good match as well. Also, I tried my hardest to watch Harold and Benjamin in the sim in the final uh, for the region tournament for Region Two. It was awful. All I saw were were Benjamin and Harold on the court, and every five seconds you would see one kid move a little bit. And you couldn't hear anything. And so I finally, after messing with it, okay, so every time you refresh a screen on NFHS to see a game, you have to watch that silly talkies commercial. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and it's, it. I can do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so loud. Uh, my dog was looking at me like, would you please stop? Uh, <laughs> but... I finally just turned that one off. I tried to watch it, but I there was just no action because it just wasn't working very well. But um, I'm telling you, those girls, the one, the three that you know, I tried to watch yesterday, and the two I actually watched, uh, were were doing a bang up job. So I'm very proud of those ladies. There was they were some fighting and passionate play in volleyball yesterday. Well, that's great to hear. Well, the matchups we talked about it Wednesday. All the action begins at 11 o'clock there in Garland at the Colwell Center. And it's going to be Region 3 champion Blum taking on Region 4 champion Netches. And then the match to follow that one will be Region 1 winner Brunt taking on Region 2 winner Harold. That one at 1 o'clock with the finals scheduled for Thursday at 3 o'clock. Ought to be fun. By the time we have the podcast up next week, we will let you know who is the 2023 1A Girls Volleyball Champions. Yes, and we'll be putting it out on Facebook and on the webpage, too, for volleyball. Uh, before we leave volleyball, I've got to give a big shout out and congratulations to the Zephyr Lady Bulldogs. This is the first year in school history they have made the Volleyball Regional Tournament. So great job, ladies. Keep working hard and get back there next year. That is awesome. So let's go to one of your favorite subjects. That is band. Why do you and... keep saying that? That just <laughs> makes me laugh. <laughs> I mean, I do love band, but it's not like I'm like really like <laughs> you're killing me, dude. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, we do our best here. So <laughs> we had this state uh, contest going on this past week in uh, San Antonio. And uh, when you look at it, the final bands that made it into the final round uh, playing there that evening, Baird, Knox City, McDade, Whiteface, Menard, Erion County, and cross planes and the winner of the 2023 state marching band finals is menard yellow jackets they also won in 2021 
So this is their second consecutive state championship. That's impressive. It really is. Those Menard Yellow Jackets got it going on. And the cool thing is I can give you all the places. So seventh was Baird. Sixth was McDade. Fifth was Knox City. Fourth was Whiteface. Third, Cross Plains. Coming in with the silver medal was Erion County. And your winner, Menard. Gotta love it. And, you know, you you talked about the notes here. The Baird Band, they advanced to the state marching finals for the first time in school history. So congratulations there to the Baird Bear Band. Say that three times really fast. Oh, you wouldn't want to know what comes out of my mouth if I tried to say that fast. <laughs> <laughs> I just sound like a blubbering idiot over here. <laughs> Well, let's move to basketball. We got one note there, uh, like say basketball going on like crazy. Uh, so uh, we could we could probably run an hour on things going on. Oh, we could, but you know we do have the first preseason TABC rankings. They came out on November eighth. So let's go through them. Girls number one, Nazareth two, Huckabee, followed by Netches, who is in the state volleyball tournament. Number four is Erion County, followed by Dodd City, Slidell, Claude, Very Best, DeHennis, and rounding out the top 10 preseason is Sands. Yeah, when you move to the boys' side here, uh, the top-ranked team and number one is Grayford. Number two, Jaden. Number three, Benjamin. Fayetteville at number four, and Textline rounds out the top five. And the bottom five, number six, Gordon. Number seven, Garden City. Number eight, eight, Abbott. Number nine, Nazareth. And number 10, Huckabee. You see Garden City there at number seven. Um, but over here on the girls' side, the Lady Cats are coached by Coach Thomas Clay at Garden City. And with their victory over Ira Ann last Tuesday, Coach Thomas Clay secured his 400th career victory. So, Shout out and congratulations. I know that takes a lot of hard work and good luck to your Lady Cats this season. Well, and uh, one note for you on the boys' side. When you look at this number one ranked Grayford team, it's early in the season, but they got a win Saturday over the number one ranked 2A team, Martins Mill, who we know is a powerhouse. They took them down 68 to 47. If that doesn't scare the rest of the state, I don't know what would. Yep. Yep, got to have our head on a swivel watching old Grayford over there. Basketball season's quite a long time. You never know what's going to happen. So I'm excited for this season, and, and I hope all you basketball fans are as well. So finally, Bobby, let's uh, before we get out of here, let's get to a, a segment that we love doing, and that is the heart of the 1A community. And you've got a, a special shout-out to uh, someone down in Lorraine. I do. Brett Bolin, number 14 from Lorraine. He's a Lorraine Bulldog. He quietly goes about his business making plays for them. And another cool thing is he is also enlisted in the U.S. Marine Corps. And he will begin service immediately after gra graduation. And from what I've been told, Craig, the Marine Corps was highly impressed with his test scores. And he was chosen to lead the Texas Longhorns onto the field last night to represent the Corps on Veterans Day. So wow. good luck to, to Lorraine and to Brett. And Brett, keep being a champion. We are so very proud of you. 
And one other thing, uh, well, actually, we've got a couple of things here for you. First one is, and uh, I'll steal your thunder on this one. We want to give a special shout out and a huge thank you to all the 1A folks out there who run their Facebook and Twitter pages. It does take a lot of time. It takes up a lot of attention. And there's a lot of schools out there that keep those very updated. And we very much appreciate that information because Bobby couldn't put together half the stuff she does if she wasn't able to get information from them. So keep it up. Know that people are looking at it. It's just not in your community. People across the state look at it. And we get some fantastic information off there. And that is how we get your uh, community out there. And if you're one of those that you're at a school and they're not doing much of that, talk to whoever's running those Facebook and Twitter pages and ask them, hey, please, please, let's let's get this thing going. Because I do think it is very much kind of a uh, it's a pulse. You know, we used to always send out little newsletters or maybe some of these small towns had newspapers. We don't have so much of that anymore. It is through Facebook. It is through Twitter. And that is how your community finds out. So I think it's really important that you keep those up and really keep not only the community, but those who graduated from there and those looking for information on your school updated at all times. Before Texas 1A fan, I started the Double J Chronicles for Jayton. And um, I did much for Jayton, what I do now for the, Texas, the entire uh, state of Texas. Uh, which was a lot easier with just one town. It's a difficult thing to do. You know, you've got to care for all the kids, not just because your kid is. And you've got to find when I when I left Jayton's Double uh, J Chronicles, someone I had to find someone who I knew would care about all the kids and want to be a positive influence and support and voice for the Jayton Jaybirds. So. It's a thankless job sometimes, but it's extremely important, and we all love the Facebook pages. So please, please keep them going. If you don't have one, make one. I mean, you can get information. I know we all live in small towns. We know you hear everything. So, right, Craig? (laughs) Oh, you do, you do, you do. Now, I'm not saying post all of it, but... Well, there might be a few things we don't want to know about, but yeah, definitely get that information out there. So before we get out of here, we do uh, want to tell you about one other thing. Our little happy family here at Texas 1A Fan is growing by one, and uh, Bobby's going to tell us about it. Yeah, no, no one's pregnant. We're all too old for that. <laughs> We're uh, all way too old for that. Uh, that ship has sailed, uh, so to speak. <laughs> oh, but we would love to... Um, tell everyone that six-man fan uh, his name is Nate we had him on earlier this season he's a great guy he's such a wonderful guy with passion and he loves all 1A kids just like his own and he has joined Texas 1A fan as a part-time member Um, of course he's going to be he broadcasts Knox City and and does all that and shares lots of things from his six man fan page. And he will not stop doing that, but he wanted to let everyone know he does have an affiliation with us. Now we are so excited for that. And as you said, we're welcoming someone into our family. It's just not the way you think. (laughs) (laughs) No, not, not exactly the way that most people would think. Uh, I guess I did say that a a, a little (laughs) bit, uh, uh, oddly there, but, uh, (laughs) Oh boy, that's how a person would think, but you know, that's how rumors get started, Craig. Well, it it is. And I will tell you, I learned something a little uh, special about Nate out this week, and I want to share it with the folks out there. If you ever want to know how to do certain things, our man Nate has his own YouTube page 
and it's called Life Less Ordinary. Go check it out. He does a great job of showing you DIY things to do, and he rates some things, especially if you got an above-ground pool. He's got a ton of stuff on that, so go check it out. That's Life Less Ordinary on YouTube. It's fantastic, and you can get to know Nate just a little bit better. Well, and not only that, but I'm going to ask him permission. He sent me a picture of his house with all the Christmas lights. It's pretty fantastic. I'm not going to lie. And he said that, let's see, he told me he they won second place last year in all of Knox City for the best looking Christmas lights. And he is very proud of that. And I know yesterday his wife was having him tote the Christmas light totes out of uh, wherever they keep them. I think the attic or something. I asked him if it took weeks to do that after seeing the picture. And he said it only takes days. <laughs> It only takes days, Bobby. Yeah, Nate and I, uh, we had a nice long conversation. We've decided that uh, uh, we are Clark Griswold A and B because I love to do the exact same thing. In fact, when we get off this podcast, that's where I'm headed is to get my Christmas lights out. So, (laughs) oh, we have something in common. Tis the season, I'm telling you. I have, oh, I'll tell you about my Christmas lights since we're talking about Christmas lights. So, you know, I got a new house. And um, I've never had a house with Christmas lights on them. So I thought, well, this year I'll do that. And the guy who comes and does my lawn, uh, he does Christmas lights as well. Well, he found out I was a photographer. And he said, how about we trade? And I was like, what do you mean trade? And he said, you buy the materials. I'll put on the Christmas lights and you take my family's Christmas pictures. And I said, you are on. So we got to I'm telling you, I'm excited that, about that. That's the best trade out there, Bobby. I'm telling you, I thought that went away like in the 1930s, but obviously <laughs> it's alive and well. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. Well, Bobby, let's get out of here. I'm sure the fans are uh, tired of hearing us uh, run on and babble a little bit about uh, Clark Griswold and Christmas, but uh, we love it here at Texas 1A Fan and happy to have Nate join us. And we cannot wait to show up again next week to talk to you about the area round. Uh, finals see who got upset see who dominated and move into the state quarterfinals where we've got some absolutely fantastic matchups we know are going to be going on don't forget go to texas 1a fan we'll have broadcasts up for you likely thursday and friday as soon as we get permissions bobby will put those out there so you don't want to miss those we'll bring you any game that we can get to and uh, cover for you we will bring that to you but until then i'm craig spear with happy sports network and presspassports.com And I'm Bobby Brown with Texas 1A Fans. Remember, go forward and do good.